0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Father, I'm just so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful for your truth and your goodness and your mercy towards us. Father, I thank you that you do love us. You do care for us. You show your goodness to us every day. And we just give you praise that your word comes forth with power. Not just words, but power. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Before we start, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows we're going to have a lot of people here today. So you see all these empty spots between people? Fill them in. (laughs) Okay? So when we're done, make sure you just move forward, because we, we are going to have a lot of folks today. Um. If you're like me, when I first got born again and first got exposed to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, um, you know, you heard people speaking in tongues and having a uh, tongue and an interpretation, I always found it interesting that uh, somebody would have a tongue that would be like, you know, and then the person that had the interpretation would give you a half-hour-long interpretation of that. You know, and see, how do you do that, you know? So I was looking up some words today because the Lord impressed upon me why we're studying theology and I I wondered about that when I first got into it it's like why but he said it's because I want to show you my goodness and so goodness in the Hebrew the word is tub t-o-o-b but it means good in the widest sense superlatively the best it's concrete that's God's goodness and so these words that we're talking about and learning about are showing the goodness of God so when we look at the word predestination we learn that our father God made a way for all the world to be at peace with him everybody he planned it from the beginning his goodness was planned from the beginning When we looked at propitiation and reconciliation, we learned that God is now eternally satisfied and at peace with man. Through Jesus and through Jesus, we can be at peace with God. See, God's not fighting against us anymore. We're the ones that are fighting against him. One of the interesting words that he brought up to me was an arbiter. Now, an arbiter is a person who settles a dispute. Dispute. So Jesus is our arbiter, and he works both sides of the table. And that sounds a little funny, but you think about both sides of the table. So God's on this side of the table, we're on this side of the table, and Jesus was negotiating in between. He negotiated with his blood. And when he went to the Father, he laid his blood on the mercy seat. That was the propitiation. That was the satisfaction satisfaction for God. And then after he settled that part of the contract, he came back over to us and he says, now... My blood has been shed for you. It's on the mercy seat. All you have to do is accept the terms of the agreement. And so we end up with being in that place of accepting those terms that God has set forth. And they're pretty easy terms. Father, I just surrender. <laughs> I surrender and accept your goodness. So Jesus went to the mercy seat of heaven presented his blood and his father was satisfied and reconciled and then he came to us by way of the holy spirit and gave opportunity for us individually to be reconciled to god so today we're going to be talking about justification justification is kind of an interesting term in the english language justification means the action of showing something to be right or reasonable in the greek it means you're acquitted. So when he calls you justified, he's calling you acquitted of all crimes. The word justified in the Hebrew is sadak. It says to be made right or clear. And in the in the Greek, it's dekayo, like a yo-yo. Uh, and it means to be innocent or freed. You know, and the beauty of all this is that God, in his Majesty and His glory, treat us. But a lot of us, you know, when we were before we got born again, we were in these chains thinking we had to do something, we had to make things right, and He's He's already made it all right for us. So He justified us. Now I don't know how many of you folks like to watch YouTube, especially the videos about road rage. I'm sorry, I do. <laughs> But I get, I get so, it's just kind of funny. So somebody gets cut off, right? No harm done. No damage. No wrecks. Nobody's hurt. And this guy gets out of his car, grabs a bat, and he's heading towards this other car. Why? He feels he's justified. Those actions are justified by what this person did. And we do these kind of things. I saw, I saw a video the other day about a, a shooting that went, went bad. And I, I try to understand people's psychology because sometimes they think this way and their heart, you know, is... they're confused about things. And I wonder what's going on in their heads. But this, this guy, he wants to see his son. The ex-wife has got the kids. Uh, she's got a boyfriend now. And he comes onto the yard because he wants to see his kids. And it all turns out bad, and the guy, getting the father, gets shot and killed. And everybody's talking on the, and I'm reading the comments. Everybody's wondering about justified. He was justified. No, he wasn't justified. Yeah, he was justified. No, he wasn't justified. We as humans try to think of what justification means. You know, if you hurt me, I'm justified to hurt you back. If you bless me, I'm justified to bless you back. We have these things that we, we, we delve into. But one of the things that, that I was looking at about these words, justification, predestination, goodness. And I went to Exodus 33. And Exodus 33 and verse 18. And Moses is talking to God. I mean, I, can you imagine just being in that place where you're hearing his voice <laughs> just talking to you? And he says to him, he says, and he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and it will be gracious to them. But he says, I will make my goodness pass before you. So all these things we're studying in theology, the whole idea of theology is to show people the goodness of God. So these words that I'm, I'm, God has brought me up to talk about, they're for you when you go out into the world and you're talking to people and you're showing them the goodness of God. What does that word mean? Well, we know that he, destined the, he predestined the best for you. We know that he is satisfied. We know that he's reconciled to us. We know we can be reconciled to him. And now we know that we're justified. Justification. So Romans 4, 24 and 25. But they were written for our sakes too. Righteousness, standing acceptable to God, will be granted and credited to us also who believe in, trust in, adhere to, and rely on God. Who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead? Who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds, and was raised to secure our justification, our acquittal, making our account balance and absolving us from all guilt before God? Isn't that a good thing? You ever notice how people think that that um, maybe that God just can't touch them because they haven't done right, they haven't done the good thing they haven't been uh, good enough and we have a hard time sometimes looking at this and we look at the fact that God doesn't look at us that way anymore God looks at us through the blood of Jesus we are justified through the blood of Jesus we can enter his it says that we can enter in boldly into the throne room of God. I mean, too often we get into a building like this or around people and we kind of think, well, this this must be where it is. But no, the throne room of God, we go in there and we go in boldly as children, as people he loves. In Hebrews 4, 2 and 3, it says, for we indeed have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God, proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old did, when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith, with the leaning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power and wisdom and goodness by those who heard it. This, this is part of the... This is part of the deal that we we run into. It, does God love me enough? Am I good enough? Am is my faith enough? You know the messages, if they're not mixed with faith, they don't apply. And I was I was looking at this as Lord, what what is what is all this about? And He. He came in this word about goodness that we talked about. You know, if you don't believe in the goodness of God, how can you believe for your healing? You know, if you, if you can't believe in the goodness of God, how can you believe for prosperity? If you can't believe in the goodness of God, how can you believe in, in relationships being mended? Too often we, even after we're born again, we get to this place where, well, maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I just, and we start bringing it on me, okay? I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, when, when Brenna passed away, the devil really brought, I mean, when Sean was there and, and she passed away and we, and I just said, you know, he doesn't win. God, God, you win. The devil doesn't win. He can't win. And there was, there was I just, uh, you know. But then in the days that went by, I began to relax. You know, in a different... And that term relax is is a little misleading, but I found myself wondering, were there things I could have done, should have done? Did I miss this? When I had this opportunity, should I have stayed awake longer? You know, should I have... (sighs) prayed longer. I used to walk the floor so she would sleep. I'd walk the floor by her and I'd just be praying in the spirit. And I'd be glorifying God and I'd be praying in the spirit. Because she couldn't sleep. She was having a hard time sleeping. And she'd fall asleep while I was praying. And I'd just walk. I mean, I swear I wore a. When they replace that carpet, they're going to see a path. <laughs> and I was doing those things and then there's times when I was just tired and all I wanted to do was just kind of lay down and let that stuff just fall off me for a while and the devil came around and he said, you know if you hadn't just if you hadn't just laid back and taken that time you know maybe she'd be around today and, you know he, he does that to us I mean this it's it's going to be a year this June and uh, you know holidays you start thinking about the holidays because that's when your family gathers together and so you get your family together and, and there's a spot missing you know a chair isn't filled like it should have been and you get You get you feel sad and there's no there's no problem feeling sad, okay? I just don't mourn like those that have no hope. I have the hope I'm gonna see her again. That's the blessing that I have. I have that hope. But it's sad that she's not there. And so as I'm looking at this, sometimes I forget about the goodness of God. I do. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I do. And I have to remind myself, I have to bring myself back that no. (laughs) It's like Luann. I kind of had the sads yesterday about all this, you know, get family getting together today and whatnot. uh, But this this morning, Luann, she got up and says, praise God, Brenna's in heaven and she's enjoying Easter like we've never seen before. She's seeing the glory of God, you know. And it, it started to raise up in me that that's right. That's right. Yeah, she shouldn't have passed away. That shouldn't have happened. But it did. But now she's in heaven and now we go on. But my, now my mission is, while I'm here on earth, is to inform people and to bless people that God's goodness is for them. God has settled the debt through his son, Jesus Christ. There's no more debt to be paid. He's not going to ask for more in the sense of, well, you need to do this to come to heaven. No, we now, because we know the goodness of God, we know the works we're supposed to do. He has set us aside to do good works. Titus 3.8 is one of my favorite scriptures, in which which the, the leadership. Well, let's read it. Titus 3.8. Not in my notes. So I don't have it marked. Titus 3.8. Titus 3.8. And it says, this is a fruitful saying, and these things I will that you should affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. See, when you got born again, you got born again unto good works. Good works didn't get you into heaven, but good works are part of the justification. You are now justified and able to do good works. And these things are good, excuse me, and profitable unto men. the Amplified says this message is most trustworthy and concerning these things I want you to insist steadfastly so that those who have believed in, trusted and relied on God may be careful to apply themselves to honorable occupations and in doing good for such things are not only excellent and right in themselves but they are good and profitable for the people. See the Jews when we look back when they left Egypt, and sometimes this is what happens when we, when we get born again, we've left Egypt. And so we're heading to the promised land. We're there. God has brought us into this wonderful, wonderful place. So they're going across the desert. And this is like a 40-day a journey. So they're going across the desert. God, I'm hungry. Moses, you know, we had food back in Egypt We had homes back in Egypt. We weren't walking in this dirty desert in Egypt. And so God says, Well, I'll provide food for you. And they got manna. And we saw last week about the propitiation that inside the mercy seat was the manna that they despised. Manna again. Manna again. Well, how about some quail? Quail again quail, like manna and quail, come on. You know, and then some of them would try to grab a little extra so they didn't have to work the next morning to pick it and they'd put it in there and the next day it was eaten by worms. They were looking at situations and this, so we learn so much from the Old Testament in the, in for us is that we look at situations. So I looked at the situation with my daughter and see I can get bogged down in that. You can look at situations in your life and get bogged down, I mean uh, Paying your taxes. Bless God, we can pay him. <laughs> yeah. But we do, we get bogged down in things today in this earth. And we look at things and say, God, why is that person blessed and I'm doing this? We ask God things like that. And when he says, well, I don't want to hear that. No, that's not right. I should be blessed. Yeah, but are you doing what I told you to do? I don't want to hear that, God. (laughs) You know, I need to be blessed. Well, you are blessed as much as I can bless you. Because you're supposed to be doing good works, good occupations. Your salvation is not based on it, but because you have salvation, you are supposed to do it because that brings glory to God. You know, one, one thing that uh, uh, for me personally, something you know, a lot of people, well, some people, one person, will come up to me and they'll say, <laughs> and they'll say, you know, you did a good job today. You know, and um, I always, always like to say, you know, praise God, because without him, without the spirit of God, it wouldn't be a good job. So I always like to make sure that because I don't want to be like Herod and step out the door and go, yeah, <clears throat> sure did, and have a worm start eating on me. I don't like that idea. But no, the idea about good works is that we give glory to God for those good works. You know, if if you're doing a good job, I don't care what the job is. I don't care if it's a roofing a house. I don't care if it's doing people's finances. I don't care if it's sh- shoveling the sidewalk. Somebody says you're doing good work. Well, thank you. Glory to God. He gave me the strength to do this. And in his goodness, I'm showing his goodness this way. You know, it says to give honor to whom honor is due. Who is honor due to? Can you think of anybody who honor isn't due to? You might look at the president today, and you'd say, well, hey, we honor the office. We honor the office. And how do we honor the office? We pray for him. Number one, we want him saved, right? Right? We want him saved. We want him going to heaven. We want him filled with the spirit so he can hear from God what he's supposed to be doing. What about your centers? You know, sometimes our senators and representatives, we just, you know why we have the ones we have today? Because that's what we do. And when it comes time to vote, instead of voting the goodness, well, better the devil I know than the devil I don't. And I'm serious. That's what it is. So I know he's in office, I know he's not doing the job he's supposed to do, but I don't know what this guy's going to do. So I'll stick with this guy here and I'll just complain. But do I pray for him? Our goodness toward men is what draws men to God. So when you're out there mumbling and complaining about things, are you drawing people to God? or are you drawing people into the complaint? So he says in verse 3 of Hebrews 4, For we who have believed, adhered to, trusted in, and this is amplified, and relied on God, do enter that rest. You understand that rest? Well, you were just talking about works. So what's that got to do with rest? Have you ever noticed that when you're in a, and a job you enjoy. You know, you, you don't, you do it, and you may be tired, but you're at rest, you're at peace. Rest is peace. In accordance with his declaration that those who did not believe should not enter, when he said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And this he said, although his works had been completed and prepared and waiting for all who would believe from the foundation of the world. I've just come to this point, and especially since I've started looking at these words in here, and I, I love good word studies. I think, I think sometimes we as, as people, we, we just throw words out casually. We don't really think about what they say and what they're doing to other people's hearts and in their minds. And that's why I believe a lot of the problems we have in the church today. Um, People come, and they hear a good message. So Pastor Sean's up here talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And then they go home, and they say, well, I want this gift. Well, no, that's not what he was teaching. What he was teaching was the Spirit, you get the gift as the Spirit wills. If you need it for that situation, you get it, if you're obedient. God heals well I'm not feeling it are you is that something that's so important that you feel it or do you believe it you know we get we get so bound up in, in what's going on in this, in this earth today you know you got a kink in the back I, I heard this the other day and it just it just kind of rocked me if you have a headache where's the first place you go and I mean be honest where's the first place you go Tylenol, Advil, aspirin, you know. If you've got a a sore somewhere, what do you do? You'll find some balm or some cream to rub on it, you know, to, to make it feel better. Now, I'm no scholar, but I was looking at this. I didn't see anywhere where it said, go to the Tylenol first. See, part of the thing is we in the church have come to this place where we're, we're kind of balancing between two worlds. Well, I know God does, but maybe he won't. Maybe this, I'll just, I won't bother him. I'll take this aspirin. or But, you know, God is supposed to, you know, he just, and you know, when you're in that place like that, that's not faith. That's riding a fence. And fences are very uncomfortable. <laughs> very uncomfortable. But but the part of it, the part of being uncomfortable is that I want to believe God for this, but maybe it's the chemo I need, maybe it's the surgery I need, maybe it's. And I'll I'll tell you right now. I'm not going to say I'm never going to tell anybody not to go to a doctor, but why? When you go to the doctor, are you going to go in faith, or are you going to go? I wonder what he's going to say. What's the word? Is this lump cancer? Is it a fatty tumor? What is it? In the scriptures did God ever say go to the doctor and check it out? He said no, if you got a problem come and see me. Faith is I step into God's place first. Now we know, we know that God has used doctors. We know from a testimony from uh, Pastor Larry that the Holy Spirit told him, go to your brother, have your brother lay hands on you and pray for you and then go see the doctor. Now, that was a direct word from the Lord for him to do a certain thing. But see, he sought God first. He knew he was having problems. He was seeking God about it, and God said, this is what I want you to do. But too often, we go running to the doctor. And, you know, from my experiences <clears throat> uh, with Brenna, because uh, Luann would watch the kids at home while Brett was working, excuse me, so I went to her doctor's appointments. I went to her treatments. Um, and I was looking at the people there. And they were just... They were just doing what man had told them to do. You know? I, I Sometimes I feel that, that uh, my daughter got lost in that. I, I need to do something. You know? I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you like, feel like you have to do something. I have to do something right now. Do you really? How much time can you spend before the Father and just say, Father, what? What do you want me to do? Where should I go? How should I handle this? Do I go talk to the pastor? Do I go talk to the leadership? Do I go talk to this person here? You know, a lot of people, they want to look at the guy that's standing up here. This is the one that's got the anointing. But the person sitting next to you might be the one that's got the word for you. But we get like this. I got to go talk to the pastor. Um, And there's nothing wrong with talking to the pastor. I think he wants to talk to us, don't you? You No, I mean, he does. He loves us. He's called to be the under-shepherd of this church. And you don't do that out of just duty. You do it out of love. Love for the Father first and then love for the people. But the thing is, we get like this because he's got the anointing, he's got the anointing, he's got... Well, we're in the body of Christ, where's the anointing? It's in the body of Christ. In this church, I, I, think, I think we need to understand, in this church, there's enough anointing in one person, not just the church, but there, in this church, there's enough anointing to raise the dead. There's enough anointing to heal the sick. There's enough anointing in here to give you a word that you need in due season to help your finances, to help your relationships. There's a word in here from any number of people that are in this church. But we can't do this. Ooh, we can't do this and forget about all these people that are around us. And then we can't be that person that says, Well, you know, I feel like I should go talk to Shane. But ah, maybe that's not right. Maybe I should. Oh, Shane's out the door. Shucks. Catch you later, Shane. And then next week you forget what you were supposed to say. See, the thing is, words are in due season. If I got a word for Shane, I need to give it to him now. And fight through the crowd. You know, sometimes you've got to be like that woman with the issue of blood. I'm getting to him. Because I got a word for him. One of the things that, I think last week I brought up that, that term that Satan rules his kingdom by darkness because he likes to keep his people in darkness and ignorance. And we in the church sometimes allow that darkness and ignorance to step in. We'll look, we'll look and we'll say, well, if God wanted me to. I mean, how many times have you ever said that? If God wanted me to. I hope we're not doing that anymore because God wants you to. God is a God of doing. He's a God of want to. He wants to bless us. He wants to show us the good. Now there's an old saying out there that says the too good to be true good news. And sometimes we believe it that way that it's just too good to be true. That God could love me so much according to his word. He could love me so much that he would anoint me to do things like that. I mean, let alone let me into his kingdom. But the too-good-to-be-true-good news is this. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface. The body of Christ, as as I was looking in these scriptures, um, in Hebrews, and everything in here that he is talking to the church is for us to grow and to go out and do. We are not to grow and sit in the pew. Did you get the rhyme? <laughs> but <it's, laughs> I'm a poet and don't know it. <laughs> but that's that's the truth. I mean, too often we want to get into a place and be comfortable. I mean, you know, it's like you, you get to be on an age. So I uh, just turned 68, and there's some that are older, but you kind of get to a place where you're like, you know it would just be kind of nice just uh, not do just to sit and you know come on Sean feed me feed me pastor feed me and then I'd just sit there and get fat now I got a lot of word in me but what am I doing with it and the thing is a lot of us when we're younger I ain't got time for that good word pastor see you later and somewhere in between there, oh, I got work to do. I got my job. I got my business. I got whatever. The goodness of God is, yeah, and you've got strength to do all those things and everything I've called you to do. Every one of us. I feel like I'm doing more preaching than teaching. But but the thing is that in Second Corinthians uh, 1, Um, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. It says, For all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yea, and in Christ, amen, unto the glory of God by, by us. Did you get that? By us. Too often we read that You know, this is all the promise of God in Him are yea and in Him amen unto the glory of God. By us. 21 says, Now He has, He which established us with you in Christ has anointed us. That person is God who has sealed us and given to us earnest the Spirit in our hearts. That's our job. We're to, be, we're to be salt and light. Now, last week I talked about being a minister and an ambassador. And sometimes I think we, we well, that was nice. I'm glad you said that, Rick. No, you have a ministry. Yours is the ministry of reconciliation. Here's, here's the great thing about a church. So we come here, beautiful worship. Pastor has a great message. The Holy Spirit's ministering to people. It's awesome, great. But who's going out and talking to the People. Because there's a lot of people that don't come into this church, or any church. I mean, I've heard people, I got hurt in church. Somebody said something bad. (laughs) Amen. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. No. (laughs) But the thing is that you have a ministry, and you have to understand that, that God does not take that lightly, and we can't take that lightly. Now, the last few months, we've heard a lot of things about relationship. Herb and Mark, I mean, these words have been coming forth about relationships. Uh, last year, I, I, I had that identification of redemption, how we identify with Christ. And we hear those really nice, great words, and we forget That those words have power in us to go out and do good for the Lord and unto his people. You have a, you have a, honestly, if you think about, I want you to think about this. You have a greater ministry than the pastor of this church. You might go, whoa, where are you? You will let me speak again, won't you? (laughs) But no, well, you do. Because where are you going? You're going out into the workplace. You're going out into the world. You're touching all the people with the gospel from the words you've heard from the pastor from what you've read out of the scriptures. You are an ambassador of Christ. You know, one of the things I found out about ambassadors as we were reading last week, I mean, they represent the kingdom. Now, you could say, well, I represent Faith Family Church, and in a sense you do but your main job is to represent the kingdom of God. And we learn from these words about how God predestined man to live holy and complete in Him. We learn from these words that that Jesus satisfied the debt for us. We learn in these words that God is reconciled to us and we 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 can be reconciled unto Him. And we learn that we are justified You're justified. And because you're justified, you can go out and do good works. You can expect to go out into the workplace and lay hands on the sick and they recover. You are justified. You don't have to beg God for anything. Justification has said, you have all right and authority. There's not one thing you are not able to do in Christ Jesus. The only thing that stops you is you. That's the only thing that stops you. You stop you by listening to the world, listening to the devil, listening to your emotions, listening to the pains in your body, listening to the complaints of the other people. Let me ask you, how easy is it to jump into the complaints of somebody? I mean, honestly, how, how easy can you just, you know, I mean, Paul says, those things which I do, I don't do, and those things I shouldn't do, I do, because it's just so easy. We, as people, like to be part of a group, and so we get in with this group, and the group gets in here, and he starts complaining, and we say, and instead of coming up and saying, but you know what God says, we're to bless those who curse us. We're to do the good work unto the world as the Father set us to do, so that we glorify God. No, it's like, yeah, you're right. That boss is kind of a jerk. You know, one of the greatest words and one of the words I hate is but. And it's true because there's two ways you can use the word but. One thing I've always told people is put the promise on the right side of your butt. And, and it's true. So, yeah, the boss is kind of a jerk. But my job isn't to complain about him. My job is to bring the word and bring life to him. My job is to pray for those who persecute me. Bless those who use me. But too often we say, well, well, the, the word says, by the stripes of Jesus I have been healed, but... I still hurt. But... That growth is still there. But, and we got to understand that that where you put your promise is what you leave off with. If I say, God said this, but I, I'm saying, I believe me. I mean, I understand what God said, but I believe me. But if I say, yeah, I feel this way, but the word of God says this, that I am the head, not the tail. I'm above, but not beneath. Then I am saying, yeah, that's how I feel, but I understand that I have a place in the presence of God. And the goodness of God in me, I'm justified. I'm justified. I can see the goodness in the widest sense. And I I like that. Tube. Goodness in the widest sense. When you understand goodness in the widest sense, there's not a lot of room for bad. You don't give place to bad if you understand goodness in the widest sense. I can understand justification that I'm right and righteous. I'm innocent. You know, this this is the thing about when the devil comes around and brings things to my remembrance, he's trying, well, you're not innocent. You coulda, you shoulda, you mighta, you better, but no. God says no, no. It's under the blood, and that's how I walk free. I walk free because it's under the blood. God so loved me. I mean, like, I mean, you need to say this. We we know what the scripture says, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. We need to say it about me, about you. God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son, that I could be justified. I could be acquitted. You know, people who have been involved in in drugs and alcohol and stuff like that, the devil tries to draw them back by saying, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, just relax, come on back, come on back. But God says, no, you're acquitted. You're innocent. No, no, no. You did it before. You'll do it again. You're going to fall. No, God said, I'm acquitted. I'm justified. I stand before him whole and pure. I don't have to listen to that garbage anymore. I am not that man anymore. I'm not that woman anymore. I am who God said I am. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the country. I am free from this world. And we need to say it to ourselves. We need to understand that everything God has done, and, then, and when we study next week, it's all to show his goodness. That's what it's for. When it says that theology is the study of the nature of God has revealed in his holy word, that's what we're doing. We're studying his goodness. You can walk whole and complete and pure before Him, you can walk totally healed before Him if you just believe in His goodness. I know Brenda said one time, and and I talked with her about it. But actually, she was just more talking to the Father, and she says, "Why is this taking so long?" It's a question that sometimes we all ask: Why is this taking so long? are we trusting in the goodness of God? Are we trusting in the goodness of God? We've got to trust in his goodness. We've got to trust in the, these, these things that he said in his word about justification, about love, about... We're going to be talking about glorification next week. Um, but these things are for his goodness in our lives. And if we show them in our lives, we're going to show them to a world. You're supposed to look different. Not that you dress different. You're supposed to look different. So the people, when they see you, it's like, you've got an answer for me. I mean, they may not say that, but I mean, in their heart, they know you've got an answer for me. We should have a smile on our face when everything's looking sad. We should, because we know who the overcomer is. And because of him, we're overcomers. We should should have that smile on the face in the midst of sickness because we know who the healer is. We have to have that smile on our face in in the place of poverty because we know who is the provider. Doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire, but he's going to provide for you. Those promises to the children in, in the desert, he took care of them so that their feet didn't swell, they didn't wear out their shoes, they didn't wear out. That same God lives in you. He lives in me. We have to understand that. His goodness, his mercy, his blessing unto us. There's a word in this great book, by the way. Sozo. The great inclusive word of the gospel. It has up to seven different uses in the gospels and epistles. This is some of its meanings from the strongest concordance. To save, deliver, make whole, preserve, save from danger and loss or destruction. Sozo occurs 54 times in the Gospels. Of the instances where Sozo is used, 14 relate to the deliverance from disease or demon possession. In 20 instances, the inference is the rescue of physical life from impending peril and instant death. The remaining 20 times, the reference is to spiritual salvation. That is in you. The Sozo God of life is in you. It's in me. And we need to get it out. And I tell you what, if you don't, you get to be like the Dead Sea. You got a lot of stuff in there, but nothing's going out. The Dead Sea's rich, but it doesn't support any life. At all.